Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1334, air date October 4th, 2023. Uh, good to hear it. I hope you and your family and your loved ones have been getting through all this craziness okay. I think everyone's a little traumatized at least. Uh, I'm going to precede this video with your swarm video. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my audience, and so so you don't have to go into that that incredible video that you did that I think you did an excellent job um, of sort of illustrating the problem that we have. And you know, you can call it the cabal, you can call it the deep state, you can call it the Illuminati. I think one of the tricks that these people play is uh, not having a name because it's almost seems to be some type of thing with the human psychology where without having a name, it sort of makes them invisible almost. But the swarm is just an excellent way of of putting it because it seems to me like anyone could join the swarm. Um, I don't think I wouldn't recommend that. I don't think anyone would find that very enjoyable unless they're into sadomasochism. But I think anyone could probably, you know, uh, aspire to join that group. I'm talking to you because I think you're the only one running who isn't a part of this swarm. And I told myself I was going to stay out of politics, the 2024, uh, because it just seems like such a mess of the swarm and it seems like a huge distraction while everything is being destroyed right in front of our eyes in slow motion but i did want to interview you just because like i said i think you're the only genuine guy in this race uh who has a chance if anyone has a chance and so i thank you for taking the time i know you're very busy uh my first question i just wanted to get right off the bat was um i've been watching some of your recent interviews and you do have a very impressive uh background you were saying in one interview that I heard that you were working in artificial intelligence as young as 14 years old and that you worked with uh, embryos at MIT. And so I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on artificial intelligence and where it's all going. Because I know for a lot of us, I, I'm half hippie, and it seems to me like mobile phones and 5G are already unhealthy for humans. And it seems like we're going down a path that is just dangerous and unhealthy, but no one, no one is even suggesting that we slow down or stop or, or rethink it. Everyone's just full steam ahead. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, first of all, Greg, uh, nice to have you. I'm sorry it was a little bit late. Let me just first of all talk about artificial intelligence. I did a video, I think about, or a podcast, maybe it was about seven or eight years ago, and it was, what is artificial intelligence? And I really want people to listen to this because AI has been around, in my view, since time immemorial. Let me explain why. Um, and let's take the recent past. Um, when, you know, a lot of people know this guy, Henry Ford. Everyone thinks, some people mistakenly think he invented the car, right? But he didn't. He created what was called the manufacturing line. And, um, and that concept was you would line up people along a long line, an assembly line, right? Um, With very different skill sets. Someone could just maybe rotate one bolt on a car, right? Someone put a tire on a car. Um, Someone did welding, right? So as a car went down this assembly line, the car gets created and um, individuals were given very specific tasks to do. Um, And at that point, they were mechanized in some ways. The human being, a carbon-based being, was mechanized. They were supposed to do one particular task, which was quite dehumanizing, right? Um, So to me, that was the beginning or or AI, right? Or at slave times, 
someone is building a pyramid, they just have to do one particular thing, right? Um, so we need to understand that this mechanization of an activity to do it repeatedly uh, is really artificial intelligence. And why do I say that? Because a human being, human intelligence is using this full breadth of consciousness to do creative activity, innovation, creation, right? These kinds of things. So that was done inside a carbon-based being, right? Us, flesh and blood. As time went along um, in the early 20s and 30s and 40s, when this field called cybernetics came, where people started asking questions like, what would it take to create a machine that could do what a human being would do? And this was led by people like Claude Shannon and Norbert Wiener, these kind of guys. Um, they started building this concept of control systems. And this is really, really the origin of um, moving stuff to machines, right? This mechanization part to machines takes place. And, um, you know, then you have the development of uh, mainframe computers and computers, right? And technology and algorithms, et cetera. So in 1978, when I was a 14-year-old kid, I had gone already to NYU in a special computer program, computer science um, a program that I graduated from. And I got a full-time job while in high school working at a small medical college, what is now known as Rutgers Medical College, where the first task I was given, um, Greg, was the ability to, could you look at sleep patterns of babies who would get sudden infant death syndrome? And you could, could you calculate a particular pattern that was a predecessor of a sleep pattern, which would lead to when the baby stopped breathing, it's called an apnea. So, um, at that time, I applied mathematical techniques, what you would call machine learning techniques today, which trained all sorts of sleep patterns before I had a lot of training data. And the way um, AI was working with machines was, AI typically needs what's called training data. So you take a machine and you program it to identify, let's say, a specific pattern. So let's say you saw a particular waveform which when you saw that kind of waveform or something near it, that would lead to the baby uh, 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 stopping its breath. You could train an algorithm, which as long as you have enough training data, you would do that, right? So AI really has two components, supervised and unsupervised training. Supervised training is where you train a machine with lots of training data, right? And it learns. Um, and whenever it makes a mistake, you teach it, you inject it. Unsupervised is where you just give a machine a bunch of data and it figures out the patterns, a much harder problem. So anyway, so I was doing that back in 78 before you know I created this email system subsequently thereafter. But when I first came to MIT, that was in 1981, I was fascinated with medicine. That was really my interest. And I would always get pulled into these research projects um, to apply pattern recognition techniques. So pattern recognition is really the is really AI, right? So AI has been around for many, many years. All the stuff you see today has already been done in the 60s or 70s. It's just a lot of, frankly, a lot of hype now. Most of the stuff was done back then. But AI, e.g. pattern recognition, is the ability where you, uh, where a machine or, or can see a set of patterns or can do a particular task, you see? So now we have machines which can recognize a certain pattern and it can act, right? No different than the guy in the assembly line. He sees... Uh, a axle coming, that means he's got to put the tire on, all right? But now we're moving uh, that kind of mechanized uh, activity to a, uh, a silicon-based being. But the point I want to make everyone aware is AI 
per my definition, which I think is much more of an accurate definition, has been around for eons. We're just moving the intelligence, so-called, it's not really that much intelligence, but the intelligence to a machine. Does that make sense? So I, yeah, I think it does. Broader, uh, deeper definition of AI, which makes people, the reason I want to give that definition from an economic standpoint is um, at a certain standpoint, the elites will say, okay, do I want to move this to a machine? Because a machine also has to be maintained, right? You got to give it energy. You have to give it food in the sense of, you know, energy and maintenance. Or do I give it to a human being? In certain cases, they may say, I'm just going to use a human being because it's cheaper. I just burn them out, kill them early, reduce their lifespan. It may be cheaper for them. You say, so we need to recognize that um, this is not really about AI, but it's really about exploitation of labor and the dehumanization of humans by not allowing them to do truly intelligent things. So that's really the, the depth of AI. So my second life with email, which led me back to AI was in 1993, uh, when I won a contest to automatically analyze email and route it, which is part of a larger project I was working on for my PhD in 1993, to analyze patterns, you know, sleep patterns, cardiology patterns, um, so you could, let's say, if you saw a certain wave pattern of a certain waveform from an ultrasonic uh, thing of your heart, you could predict, you know, what kind of um, illness that person had. But that technology can be applied to any type of signal. So um, broadly, everyone needs to understand AI is this methodology to train a machine to recognize certain patterns. That's what really AI is. I think that makes sense. I, you made me feel a little superstitious just now because uh, when you when you put it like that, it's like um, it makes sense. It's really not about the machines. It's about the the sort of spiritual consciousness of society, like a society yeah. that wants to um, see collectivism as the machine and 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 putting us all to work to make us you know certain objectives. Um, yeah, I could see that. That makes a lot of sense. And so it's just like the same argument you would have with a gun. Like a gun doesn't kill someone, the person kills someone. And so the machine isn't going to screw up society. Hey, there's that famous... Uh, yeah. My phone's on silent too. It's the zombie apocalypse. Let me turn my phone off. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think when people understand that, Greg, it's important to see that. Um, what AI really is, because to, to this discussion, so the establishment literally wants to remove at the end of it people's souls and make them hollow shells. People are machines. It doesn't matter. There's a great book written called The Soul of a New Machine by Tracy Kidder many, many years ago. And the question comes down, can a machine have a soul? It's a very interesting question. Okay. Yeah. It's a philosophical question. And many years ago when I was doing a lot of my AI work for you know, for 20 years, I used to do this stuff. I had a dream in the middle of the night where I woke up in this dream and I, in the dream, was sitting across from a robot, which looked like me, okay? But it was, I knew it was a robot. And the question was, um, what is the difference between me and that machine, okay? So the question really comes, um, what does it mean to be human, actually? It's a very fascinating question. And I came to the conclusion whether it's a machine in a silicon body or carbon-based body, the difference is, has that person experienced love? Has that person experienced death? And can they create something? Now, the interesting is the latter when the Turing test says even a machine can create another machine like itself. 
Um, so it's a fascinating question because we have people in carbon-based bodies who I would argue are machines. They're born into a certain family, right? A certain yeah. religion, and they just execute a program. Oh, yeah. I am a Catholic, I'm you know, black, I'm Indian, and I'm this, and I just do this, this, and this. And somewhere along that way, hopefully they wake up and they self-reflect and they ask the question, who am I? Um, what does it mean to be human? Until that happens, that individual I could say is actually running on AI. They're running on a set of software programs that have been downloaded to them by society, culture, parents, you know, environment, et cetera. So I think there's a much broader way to look at what AI really is. And I would say there's a lot of people in these physical bodies who are robots, and maybe there could be a machine which actually awakens to consciousness more than even a human being. So these yeah. are very interesting questions. That is interesting. And I mean, yeah. it's it's an old question too, because it's kind of like the same argument with the ego. Like um, I've heard, you know, um, gurus say like, uh, once you can transcend the ego, then you can actually start living your life, kind, you know, uh, based on your own decisions and your own choices. Otherwise, you're just going to be run by this personality. AI, just like you're saying, it's, it, it's, it's starting to kind of sink home that it's nothing new. Do you think it's, it's possible to put a soul in a machine? Well, here's the interesting question. We have to ask, what is soul, right? So um, now in the spiritual traditions of most of them, soul is something that exists independent of the physical body. And it occupies the material body and then it exits, right? Yeah. When the material body dies. So that's one theory of soul. Now there's some another theory of soul, which says that soul emerges. It's an emergent property um, once you have enough, and this is sort of the very engineering thesis that once you put enough neurons together, once you make enough interconnections, something emerges out of that, which is uh, bigger than the sum of the parts. Yeah. So um, four major countries are now trying to create these things. They all have brain projects going on. So if you take a brain, you know, the thesis is that you have two neurons connected. Okay, that's interesting. You connect 10, 20. And as you add more and more neurons with more interconnections, that something will emerge. So there's a theory that says consciousness is an emergent property out of matter when it has when it has enough interconnections. It's an interesting theory, right? So, it is. Enough, so many countries have these things called brain projects taking place where they're literally creating these massive machines with many, many neural networks, right? Connect to interconnections. And the issue is will consciousness emerge from there? So that's where we're at and if and um uh so you know the spiritual traditions have a very different perspective and it's based on your personal experience so some people have had the experience of consciously leaving their body you see while in the physical state observing their physical being from a transcendental consciousness and that gives people um the idea that there is a soul beyond the physical body now the Material scientists will say, oh, that was just in your head also, right? You yeah. know, people die and they have these out-of-body experiences, mm -hmm. right? They'll say, well, that was just an anomaly that also, right? So they'll say it's still a physical phenomenon. Um, I'm thinking right now, do you think that there are people, because this is a conversation I've had with people lately, I'm starting to think it's possible that there are people, humans, that don't have a soul. And I think there are spiritual traditions that even kind of say along the lines of what you're saying, that it's something that has to be sort of um, 
it comes through the human or, or has to like, or I can't remember the words you were using, but it came up recently. Someone was suggesting that there are some people that walk among us that don't have like an inner monologue, don't have that inner creative voice. And, th and these are the people that can have like engineering degrees, but think that they're smart just because they're repeating whatever the TV tells them and stuff. And I mean, that sounds crazy to me that there are humans without a soul, but why not? Well, if you, well, I mean, I think what I, I did a talk about this a couple of days ago, weeks ago, or I've done it. Um, and many of the ancient teachers have talked about it, that there could be different levels of intelligence. Okay. Types of intellect, the instinctual intellect, which comes from your very animalistic response to something, right? Um, you know, uh, you know, it's it's the instinct that a, a, a lioness shows when a snake is coming at one of her cubs and attacks a snake, right? Or a guttural emotional response. It's action reaction, that kind of thing. In the ancient yogic traditions, they would say those are part of your lower chakras. And then there's the intellectual intelligence, which is the intelligence that uses words and mathematics and puts words together and makes form, right? Uh, it's the thing that um, can build a rocket. It's the thing that can write a legal brief, right? But it's the thing that uh, can also rationalize a murder, right? It can rationalize really evil stuff. It's this part of the brain that can connect things together. It can be used for good or bad. And then the much more profound state of intelligence is the intuitive intelligence. The intelligence that looks at a situation within microseconds can make a decision if this person's good or bad or to uh, what to do in a situation, right? Um, it's the intelligence like a chess master has. They just look at a table and they know how to move, right? Or, um, and I would argue that maybe it could be that this consciousness has many states of evolution, right? You could have someone who's un very highly unevolved, right? To someone who's deeply evolved, right? And this, yeah. could, be, this could go on for infinite levels of consciousness, right? Um, there's something even beyond enlightenment and nirvana. Anyway, these are yeah. very interesting philosophical questions, but I think the way it applies, Greg, to what we see right now is I would argue uh, to your earlier uh, prefatory remarks that if you look at all these people running for president, I don't think any of them has any soul, frankly. Um, I don't think any of them, at least any developed soul, uh, and I can talk about why, they have no sense of regard for human life um, they really don't have any regard for humanity broadly or for life. Um, they actually hate people. They actually hate this country. They hate other human beings. And you can see it in their actions of how they lie, cheat, their duplicity. Um, their words don't match their deeds. Every single one of them and all of them, I would say, not only part of the swarm, but much more profoundly, they're part of organized crime. No, they're all criminals. They um, were bred that way, I, I would think. They were bred that way, man. You look at booby fucking Kennedy, excuse my language, but... It's a, I believe people should curse at these people very clearly, have the right curse words, teach your kids. To, these people are devils. Yeah. So if you look at someone like that, and the guy's, you know, he's got 20 forked tongues, right? Very thinks he's smarter than everyone. We'll say one thing one day, another thing another day. And then his actions are completely opposite, right? You know, has, you know, uh, manipulates his own wife, bangs 28, 30 women. Um, when his wife dies, after she finds out about this, gets hanged you know, brings all the press over, you know, praise over her coffin the next day, exhumes her body and moves it out into an unmarked grave. It's a pretty evil human being. Yeah. Um, it's the same human being talks, takes money from mothers who vax their kids and starts a quote unquote anti-vax movement. And at the same time, at the heat of struggle, 
you know, in March of 2020, promotes lockdowns, says the lockdowns are good, right? Says it stops the spread of COVID, that'll save the environment. And you can keep going on. Then you have this other guy, uh, uh, Vivek the snake. You know, they went and literally, Greg, I literally, this is where I believe it's, it's using the robotic nature of human beings. They go find another guy who's a brown face, yeah. find him out of some trash heap of some hedge funds, right? Find him out of a trash heap of, a, of an individual who literally went and bought a failed drug, a drug that had failed four times. And take this individual, and this guy takes his failed drug, puts it into his own new company, takes the company public, knowing it's a failed drug, has his mother do the data analysis of the clinical data, throwing away data they didn't like, and resuscitates this drug from a PR standpoint that it works, knowing it was useless, and makes 50 million bucks and then tanks the company after a clinical trial is done, knowing it felt these are evil human beings. Yeah. And wears a hat that says truth. And everything that comes out of his mouth, you have any sense of intuition, any sense of connection to God. You can see this individual, he knows he's pure evil. It sounds like a car salesman, right? Car yeah. salesman is the right that's 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 or professional wrestlers. There's a new buzzword going around kayfabe, which I guess is a professional wrestling term, which is what people are saying is happening in politics. It's all just not just theater, but they say it's specifically they specifically mix the absurd with the reality as a as a psychological tool to just uh, keep us all extra dumbed yeah, down. I, I, it's WWE, and what's fascinating is um, you take every single one of them, right? Not these people are not human beings, and then they create. Um, they all come from above. None of them had, have had to struggle like I've had to struggle, Greg. Actually, struggle personally to fight these people all my life. And individually, as well as with other human beings, none of them have had to do any of that. So how can they possibly, how can anyone believe them when they say, I know your plight? No, you don't. Yeah. You have no idea my plight. You live in a compound. Your entire family is a crime family like the Kennedys, end to end. You have photographers who come in and make them look like they're Camelot, right? And you have people who manipulate them. No, that has nothing to do with any of us, Greg. So these people are very, very clever because they do this and they think by doing it and getting away with it, Greg, that they're better than us. They actually believe that, oh, I manipulated and I made a lot of money manipulating. I, ain't I so smart? And they high five each other behind closed doors. No, I think you're right. I think they see uh, what what one thing I learned, a lot of us learned through COVID is how herd like much of humanity is. I never would have ever guessed. And it's so herd like that these people at least at the higher levels, obviously, they consider this. They, I'm sure, they think that that we're their property because we behave like it. You know, we behave no different than cows or chickens, like being herded in a farm. Some of us, at least. Do you think it is organized? Do you think it's just naked control other people and it's just a mad mess of gangsters, um, or do you think there is a source of power? It does seem to all track. I'm doing a report on this currently and it does seem to all go back to the crown or to the vatican or to both and then a lot of reports say that like the freemasons and a lot of these secret societies claim and believe that they are you know serving non-humans or i just heard recently um they're not non-humans they're like trans ancient transhumans that have been able to stay alive for centuries through engineering anyway, yeah the, I, the question is is do you think there's a source for all this 
Well, maybe what we should do is have every presidential candidate submit their DNA to an independent lab <laughs> and we actually test them. It's it, probably not a bad idea. I think that's but, a good idea. Yeah. So, but I do know this, that they have a state of consciousness, which is one of uh, believing they're better and everything. And, and the idea is to uh, have the highest return on investment, right? Do the minimal work as possible to get the maximal return right? By any means necessary. So I do know none of these people value human labor. They do not value uh, sweat, you know, hard work, none of that, because none of them do that. Yeah. All right. So, and they, and I think they do it telepathically, Greg, it's, it's in their ether, you see? I mean, there's a lot of data now showing, you know, you know, the hundred monkeys, one monkey learns how to break a coconut and halfway around the other world, another monkey. So consciousness is fascinating that consciousness is information that goes into the atmosphere. And I'm a big believer more and more as I observe certain things that information, matter, and energy are very closely connected. Matter and energy we know are connected through e equals MC squared. The work of Claude Shannon says that information and energy are connected. Information is negative entropy. And, but we also know you go to a house, someone's home and you feel something in the walls, right? You feel stuff, right? If you have, um, you feel something when you meet somebody, right? Um, certain types of music change our surroundings, right? So it's clear that information may also affect matter. So it's not that, would not that be hard to conceive that once one evil person thinks a certain way and they have another evil receptacle, they sort of share these thoughts in their swarm-like collective, right? Yeah. When you see those birds move in the swarm, it's not like one bird is dictating. It's a dance that they do, but they have a collective set of thoughts, you say, that motivate and move them. And I believe that's how it works. There's some very interesting phenomenon taking place here. It's like, you know, when people join these clubs, right? When they join a club and maybe someone comes in wearing the wrong clothes, everyone moves the other way. They don't like that guy, right? Yeah. It's just, okay, he's not one of us, right? Or he looks a little different. You don't really, it's, we know 90% of uh, communication is nonverbal. Um, and so most of this stuff is occurring in a different a vibration state yeah, I that think they're you're communicating right. on, right? So they know who's one of them, right? And I know this personally because given the background I came from, given the hard work I did and the achievements I had, I was always invited into their clubs at Mary, Mary, and I couldn't become part of it. That's the problem they had with me. I went to MIT, won all their awards, right? But I couldn't become part of their nonsense because I realized the decrepit nature of most of the academics at places like MIT. They're not that smart anymore. They're there because they kowtow on the line. I remember when I went to India on a Fulbright, I was recruited by the Indian government to run the largest innovation center. They gave me everything, Greg, that most people would have just stayed there, huge mansion, servants, all this stuff. And I exposed all the corruption in India and I had under death threats, I had to leave. I was in Hollywood, right? Married to someone there and I saw the ineptitude of most of these people, how they steal other people's content, how they are one of the most insecure people. Now, 90% of people would have stayed there and put up with the nonsense. I couldn't. So I have, like Forrest Gump, in some ways experienced these very interesting worlds, directly experienced them. And I see the utter weakness and the turpitude of these people. And that's why, um, you know, I do what I do because the 8 billion of us who occupy this planet, um, the, a small set of them, the power that they have is they understand system science. 
They understand systems dynamics. And they have learned through this science of system science how to manipulate large numbers of people. I used to teach system science at MIT because you can use it in engineering, you can use it for your body, you can use it for anything. And so my effort has been that if people don't understand in the modern world how systems work, we're walking around sticks and stones and they have a nuclear weapon of knowledge. We're never going to be able to defeat them. So, you know, it's like yeah, Star Trek, right? One of those episodes where they travel to a planet where people are still running around in the woods, primitive people, right? Yeah. Uh, and they have a starship, right? That's sort of the difference here. So system science is that level of knowledge. And uh, just like once we understood Bernoulli's principle, we could build it a plane. Um, and so, uh, but system science doesn't have to do with technology. It's this body of knowledge that's existed from time immemorial for 40,000, 50,000 years. And it just so happens that the engineering principles that are used today match one-to-one -one with those ancient principles. And I was able to uncover that during my Fulbright work, but it can also be used to understand politics, you know? And so, um, by the way, just a quick minor plug every Thursdays at 11 a.m. tomorrow at 8 p.m. Uh, I hold an open house, everyone should come, that we take a particular area, right, of phenomenon and we apply system science. We take for we, several months ago, we took gun violence. What is the real source of gun violence, right? It's not the guns. It's not the kids having drugs or this. It actually comes down to income inequality. It's fascinating. When you actually, and the right and the What's left. What's that again? Um, it comes into what quality? Income inequality. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the left and the right both don't want to address this because the left wants to make it about guns and the right wants to make it about drugs or you know, video games, yeah. but both are profiting from the incredible amount of income inequality during COVID, you know, 600 billionaires increase their wealth by 2.3 trillion. Everything they do, Greg, is to keep the broad mass of people distracted so we don't point our weaponry against them. Yeah. Right. That's what this is all about. Yeah, I Everything agree. they do is about that. So they bring up transgender issues. They bring up you know, whatever issues or this or that. They bring up every issue. So obviously no parent wants a guy with a penis going into a woman's bath. It's obvious, right? It's like throwing kerosene. No, I agree. It's like I, I keep telling people they're not putting drag queens in schools because they think that's a good idea. It's obviously a way of getting people's attention. You know what I mean? it's And distracting from the real issues. Yeah. And that's what this is about. So, you know, um, in India, uh, in the 80s, I remember when uh, I was an activist at MIT, there was this big event where the Prime Minister of India, Indira Gandhi, had went and butchered the Sikhs in the temple, and it created a massive riot. So the elites are very, very clever, because you know you could easily start, imagine you being a Hindu and a bunch of pe people being Muslims, and you go to the Muslims and you say, you guys all stink. You're gonna start a riot, right? Mm -hmm. Or Muslims going to the Hindus and saying that. So. You know, these ancient cultures, or for that matter, any type of culture is very, very, everyone reveres their language. People revere their religion. People revere their way of cooking, right? And if you go into them and you say negative stuff, you're going to, it's called communalism, right? You can overnight start riots. And that's what these people do. They always start crap when they know that people are starting to figure out them so this whole thing with the speaker of the house who cares who's speaker it doesn't affect us right right so they create all this nonsense to distract from the fundamental issue that over the last 60 years the life expectancy of your children is going like this right 
They're literally killing people. Life expectancy. Now, I've been saying that since I started the campaign, Greg. Yesterday, the New York Times, that's a big thing on life expectancy, literally shows a graph that I've been sharing for years, right? So they want to distract people from the fundamental things. And then when someone like me or you who's independent, who takes on the real issues, you know what they do? They hijack that issue because they don't want an independent person mobilizing people bottoms up. So they have this technique, not only of distraction, that's one, divide and rule, that's their second technology. The third is to create fake martyrs, fake heroes. Who? So they created this guy, Vivek the Snake. They push Booby effing Kennedy, right? They push Trump because they need these characters to make people think these people are your fighters, yeah. right? They're your martyrs. And that's, it's like, literally, I keep saying, it's like literally turning on a radio station. You have some people like country music. Okay, well, this guy's going to speak. Yeah. Country. Some people like jazz. Some people like this. So Booby effing Kennedy talks about as though he's against big pharma when his whole family is big pharma. He yeah. wants to create safe vaccines to perpetuate big pharma, right? Yeah. He doesn't want to address the fundamental issue. The government should never be in your body, which is what his uncle JFK created. You helped right? snap me out of that. I, uh, I've caught myself falling for the, uh, the, the Bobby, the op, um, right away. Cause the guy says all the right things. And, um, and I, and I, I, I luck, luckily I'm at the point now where I can catch myself. If I get emotional, I start catching myself and being like, look out, something's happening. Someone's messing with you. But then, uh, before I had a chance to figure it out, I remember hearing you go into detail into his past and things I never heard about before. And that really kind of helped but, shake but Greg, me out you, of it. You hit something interesting. You know, the body literally has these different components. It's like we can operate at very different levels. You can operate it at a base instinctual level like an animal and at a very emotional level, action, reaction, right? Yeah. So uh, you can operate using the intellect, which is, again, has these two sides. Or you can operate at the level of what you can call Christ consciousness, God consciousness, intuition, that level, right? where you see things as they truly are. You remove all your rose-colored glasses. And fundamentally, you know, my run for president, our, our movement, Truth, Freedom, Health, is we don't really care to convince people. We are presenting the facts. We teach people the dynamics of how all of this works. And the idea is you want to raise consciousness. And my view is that you don't need a lot of people because one, Greg Reese with, was raised as consciousness, I believe just like they send out evil waves, that person sends out very powerful waves and you raise other people up. And I don't know, I can't quantify this, but I do know it's a phenomenon. So I agree with that. Yeah, the goal is enough people, the day that it's, it's one thing throwing a tomato at Hillary Clinton or George Bush when they come to your town. But it's another thing realizing when Booby Kennedy comes to your town, throw him off the stage too, because he's even much more of a devil as Malcolm X said, because he's coming there acting like he's fighting against a swarm and in the back room, he smokes cigars with them and flies Falcons with them. Yeah. Right? Same with Trump. And when that occurs, we're going to have human liberation guaranteed. Well, that's what I'm, that's what inspired me to do the work that I do is I, and I believe this is a worldwide thing. And I believe that we have this opportunity. That's kind of a rare opportunity right now as things are being exposed for us to have this. And I have this in my notes here and, and this you did a perfect lead in. I just heard on a recent podcast, uh, you said you're talking about Christ consciousness and you were saying the people need to be enlightened enough to pull them off the stage. That was your polite term. The first thing you said was we need to be enlightened enough to stone these people to death or something like that. 
And I love the way you speak because honestly, that is exactly, I, I couldn't agree more. I know you're not allowed to say these things and people think you're a really bad person if you start talking about these things or whatever, but, uh, but that's really what it is because they're killing us and they're holding, they're, they're, they're controlling very dangerous things. And if we were enlightened, we would at least uh, take these things out of their hands and put them to the side so that they don't kill us all. And I don't know well, what it's going to take for actually, that. Actually, John, hey, John, you know, one of the things we're thinking of selling on our shop is one of those cat of nine tails. John, you have one of those there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a second. No, well, you could sell pet rocks. You could bring the pet rocks back too. Yeah, but yeah. look, you know, the, the, you know, there's a lot of people claim they're followers of Christ and all this. And John, do you have that? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> there we go. We, we will be selling those as truth for the health. Nice gifts you can get for Christmas. Okay. That's good. I like yeah. it. But the reason that I bring that up is that um, the, and this occurs on both extremes. You have the new age people, you know, they'll say, oh, Shiva, you need to meditate. It's like, you don't understand what meditation was for. Meditation was actually used at an end of a process. And yoga and meditation in the true Indian yogic tradition were taught at the end of a process. So when a teacher took you under his tutelage. First, you learned how to be a good human being. You learned how to work hard. You learned how to be organized and disciplined. And within seconds, maybe you did that for 10 years, the teacher would teach you yoga or meditation because then you were ready to receive these very powerful techniques. You weren't supposed to do meditation and yoga when you first started, Greg, okay? So same thing. Um, so all these new age idiots will say, oh, well, I'm meditating. I'm such a better human being. I'm so kind and peaceful. The fool doesn't even know what he's talking about because meditation was supposed to support the moral fiber you had in you to stand up, right? And to create resilience. It wasn't something that you did to become this sort of namby-pamby fool. Similarly, on the other end, in the Christian tradition, people think that Christ was just this person who just said, yeah, slap me all the time you want. Very few Christians want to discuss the temple incidents, and they weren't only one of them. There were multiple times that Christ went into the temple, you know, and he kicked some ass out of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Initially, the Sadducees were like the, you know, Costco, right? They were running these big temples where people had to come in and pay for, you know, uh, the, you know, after they came in to buy the animals for sacrifice. And he whipped them several times, right? Yeah. And then the Pharisees were like the local CVS shop, smaller guys. So they embraced Christ thinking, oh, you're one of us right? You're going to help us fight our competitors. And then he also exposed them, right? So people have to recognize, and I'm sure when he was had his cat of nine tails, he didn't go in there and said, please move along, everyone. I love you so much. I think he probably said some pretty acerbic words to yeah. these people. So, and I'll add to, the, I'll add to the New Agers and the other Christians. There are also Christians out there that seem to think that we're just supposed to wait for Jesus to come back and take care of all this for us. And I, I mean, I don't see that. I see uh, what do I know? But I see Jesus as a, an example of how we should be. And one of the things, yeah, he took out the whips and he took care of evil, but he was also extremely uh, vigilant about the reality of evil and the importance of policing it and doing something about it. Yeah. I mean, someone just put in here, meditation quiets my mind and reduces my anxiety. Well, that is not, that is a epiphenomenon meditation. That is not what meditation was created for. Um, I'll give you an example. There's a, a technique in meditation called Vipassana, where you can observe your breath and you can observe sensations on your body. The story, you know, this is a very powerful technique that was one of the last lectures of Buddha. 
Now he created that for people to sharpen their awareness. Now it will have medical effects, right? For example, you have certain sicknesses, but that wasn't the reason. So people focus on the epiphenomenon that these methods do, and they don't focus on the real why they were created. Meditation was created to sharpen your mind, to I see agree. things as they are. That's why they were created. So you didn't become a, you know, a sheep. Yeah. Okay. Now you may get out of that. Yes, anxiety goes away and all this stuff happens because you're seeing the world for what it is. And that gets you strong. But people tend to look at these, the uh, side effects of meditation and think that was the reason yeah. that you started to do or side effects of prayer. Prayer was not created so you could pray and feel good. No, prayer was created so you could have a deep connection with God, yeah. right? So yeah. people are forgetting the real reasons why these methods were created and they get lost. But and let me add to that also, in my, I don't see any reason why we couldn't rip these people off the stage and do it with love and joy and happiness. In fact, that seems like one of the most um, enlightening, joyful experiences I think or, all or, of you or the most all we could have. Or the most loving thing would be to whip, whip the hell out of them. Yes. Put them to work and um, make sure that they learn their lessons because someone obviously didn't teach them that. I agree. Because they come from a lineage of, I mean, you take the Kennedys. The father, Ken, the, the grandfather, Joe Kennedy, was a complete slime ball, a murderer, a mobster, smuggler, cheater, right? Everything you can imagine. John Kennedy, right? One of his sons was a complete reckless fool, had VD, uh, wasn't even allowed into the uh, Navy. The father had to get him in there. And you go just go look at the history of JFK. They've made him seem like he's some amazing person who was for peace and against the CIA and wanting to get out of the war. He wanted, he's the one who created the war in Vietnam. Yeah. He's the one who brought in the devil Kissinger into the White House, right? Yeah. And then they make Robert F. Kennedy the uh, seem like he's some great guy, a peacenik. No, he's, you know, he's on the floor of the Senate with LBJ supporting the escalation of the war in Vietnam. And then you have Booby Kennedy, who's backed by a pharma consultant called Mark Blacksell. You know, and, and you keep going on and on and on. You realize that these people have never learned any lessons. They get away with stuff. Their children get away with stuff. If your children or my children or I did any of those things, we'd be in jail. But they happen to be always be able to get away. No one. They've never been disciplined in any way. They really need some disciplining. I agree. <laughs> to say uh, this reason. is. This is a great place for my final question. I don't want to keep yeah. it too long. Um, and this was really the only question I had to start off with, and I'm glad I saved it for last. And I honestly, Dr. Shiva, I do not mean any disrespect by this. This is an absolute genuine question. Um, and you might just educate me like you did with the uh, AI thing. But I've only voted twice in my life. I voted when I was 18 because it was legal. But even by the age of 12, I believed it was all divide and conquer. It was all a psyop, an illusion to make us think we're free. Politicians don't do anything. The banks do everything. I still believe that. And I never voted for my whole life because of that. I voted uh, then after 18. I voted a second time in 2020. I didn't vote for Trump in 2016 uh, just because I figured the only way he's going to get in there is if they want him in there. Uh, but I did give him a chance for two years. I gave him an open mind and voted in 2020. I'm done with that now. And that's one of the reasons why I put it all. I was like, I'm not going to get involved. I'm going to do my reports. I'm not getting involved with any of these politicians, anything to do with the 2024, because I don't see like it's a rigged election. It always has been a rigged. It's divide and conquer. And so that's my question to you with no disrespect is what hope do we have in getting a person like you elected anyways? 
So Greg, it's a great, it's actually a very profound question. It's a very necessary question. So let's, we have very similar histories. When I was eight, 17, 18, I saw that the electoral system was nonsense, right? And I, you know, as a child, since I was four years old, five years old, I've been studying political history because of the caste system that I endured, right? Growing up in India. So I've been very fascinated with how does change actually come? That's the fundamental question, right? You come to a point in life and you realize, okay, I want to change the world. Other people accept the way the world that it is, okay? So those people that accept the, the world that it is, let them go in this direction, being complacent, et cetera. But if you come to a point in life where you want to change the world, and that's really the fundamental question, do you accept the way the world it is or do you want to change it? If you go down that other path, then you have to then figure out how do you change the world? What is the physics? What's the science, right? How does the world actually change? Does it change? And then you start in the, in the modern world for a young idealist who comes to that point, they only give two, op they give you two paths, right, Greg? They said either fight by becoming a lawyer, right? File lawsuits, right? That's one way, legalism. The other path that they give you is a path of electoralism, run for office, become president, da, 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 right? Get yeah. involved in local politics. But the child who comes, a very innocent child who comes to that point is given these two paths. And both of those paths are corrupt because they're all yeah. controlled by them. All right. So, um, and so every two to four years, you have millions of people who go to this circus called an election to participate in it. And then over here are people who, forget the people who are complacent, people said, wait a minute, this is nonsense. What do we do? Now you could just sit alone, also become complacent and say, oh, you can't do it. I can meditate. I could become an enlightened human being, right? <laughs> I could say, I want to be a guru. Okay, fine. You can do that. But the reality is if millions of people are going over to the circus here, you come to a point, you recognize, what can I do in the middle of that circus to win people over, right? To see the fact that it is fundamentally movements, the movement, bottoms up movements, mass mobilization of people with consciousness who have always changed the world, right? So my running for president, you know, I never voted in any election. When I decided to run against Elizabeth Warren, it was right after this fabricated email controversy took place where people try to steal, literally steal the, the reality that I created the first email system before I came to MIT. This bothered people. So I had to fight 33 years later for the rightful credit. Right. And that's when I realized that the, the, not only the corruption of the system, that it was good that guys like me run in the electoral process, knowing that there's no way they're ever going to let me win. But I would be there to bring up issues that would never be brought up before. And in 2020, when we ran again and when they stole our election, look at the great things we did, Greg. It was because we were in the fray, knowing that they were going to cheat us, but because we threw ourselves into the fray. What did we find out? We found out that the election systems are corrupt. And we, I wrote these amazing reports that all those videos of Michigan analysis, the signature verification. So here now I'm using my MIT PhD engineering science with all that credibility to expose this. If I didn't have all of their you know, laurels, they'd say, oh, who is this guy? But I leveraged that in the, in the arena to expose this stuff in a very fundamental way. Now, other people like Mike Lindell and the other fools use my knowledge, use a reality, to talk about wacky stuff to sell pillows or Trump used all of my stuff to raise about a half a billion dollars. He didn't want to address the fundamental issues, but in 2020, we got that out to billion and a half a billion people in my, our estimates, right? Then we were the first ones to expose Fauci. 
right? We were the first ones to discover that there's a backdoor portal into Twitter. All of these were done. If I had not run for office, Greg, I wouldn't have seen the level of corruption and take all of that like an Aikido move and share it. So they yeah. thought they're beating us, but we got the, the corruption out to in a very real way. Now, running for president from 2020 to now, we now have about a half a billion people throughout the world who've heard about the works we've done, our hard work, and our movement, Truth, Freedom, Health. Plus, um, we also now have about a half a million people who have touched the, the concepts, the, the community, the curricula that we educate people on. So we have an army now, and it's just going to keep growing. And so running for president now, it, it, so so guys like us or me, the only way we could ever win the presidency would be if we have a movement, okay? Without yeah, a yeah. movement, there's no way, all right? But we win every day. Every day, you know, XYZ person comes to our open house, hears about our campaign, says, wait, this guy's a real guy. Let me put his bumper sticker, not, sticker on. Let me hand out these flyers. I think, um, Greg, you may have seen these flyers that we have on our website. Uh, and we've open sourced it, right? So we encourage people to get on the ground. So people go to shiva4president.com. They'll see that we have uh, these very cool flyers that educate people how to get on the ground, okay? So if you go to here and you go to the free downloads, um, my goal is to activate people beyond just theory. So there's a wonderful flyer here, uh, Greg, which says the lesser of two evils is killing your children. It's got the graph. Very, because we don't have a lot of time, we're handing this out at the subways. Very simple, look, here's a graph. Your child is gonna have a shorter lifespan than you. And this was caused by the swarm. And we need a systems overhaul. And that demands a bottoms up movement. So we're giving the real problem that's very visceral and tangible. And behind that curve that's going upside down is not only one issue, it's a system of issues. And then people see who the swarm is. And on the right side, Greg, we have the solution, right? Okay, here's my campaign video. Here's who I am. Here's the knowledge that you can learn. Learn the science of systems and then come to our open house. So these are the three calls to action. So what we're doing here is um, overnight, Greg, we are taking, right, the people. Oops. I, oops. Are you guys there? I'm here. So what we're doing, Greg, in this model is we're helping people to really, at a very uh, uh, visceral level, understand what's going on, and we're mobilizing people. So every person that comes our way overcomes Kennedy, overcomes Trump. These people are very enlightened souls, Greg. Yeah. So, and every one of those people, one of those people, I would argue, Greg, can affect millions of other people. So we don't need a lot of people. We need people who overcome this nonsense. And that kind of movement should have been done 50, 60 years ago, Yeah. right? And all of those movements were destroyed and suppressed by the left wing and the right wing. So the left and the right colluded around in the 1950s. They branded any bottoms up movement as capital C communism, right? Marxism, if you say we should all unite, oh, you guys must be Marxist. And then the left, the so-called Marxists, took over these movements, the unions and the trade unions and the all these organizations, so they basically created fake heroes like the Kennedys and the Bernie Sanders and all these people, right? The unions are all run by these fake leaders who mouth the words of helping the working man, but they exist to just keep people suppressed. Yeah. So um, that's why it's very important. Um, and now we know they're all corrupt. 
But think about this, Greg, again, repeating back to 2020, because Iran, we exposed the corruption in broad daylight with credibility and clarity. And so every time, and you know, we've exposed Elon Musk for his, you know, fucker Carlson, as I like to call him, okay? Um, these people are all created. And when was the last time people were hammering away? Probably the last time was Malcolm X, you know, during a brief period of his life. He was the first one to call out the white liberals, right? As yeah. the real devils, right? Um, or even Martin Luther King, right? But now we have a movement which is raising people's consciousness and is saying it's about you. It's about you. In fact, for months I've been saying our presidential campaign is the tip of the spear. It's about you. Kennedy literally copies that word for word and does a video with himself saying it. <laughs> literally, man. So you yeah. can see they're watching everything we do. Okay, we need a brown guys out there. Let's find this brown idiot out of Yale. Did yeah, that's the first thing I thought when I saw him, actually. I mean, they've been grooming him for a while. Man. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, my, uh, my most enlightened friends are the ones that have kind of got me excited about wanting to interview you. Like I said, I wasn't really paying attention to anyone. Um, and I'm glad I did. I mean, you are. I mean, that was a great answer. And I, was, I, I wasn't excited about as, asking the question because I thought it was going to come off as kind of a rude question. But that was a great answer. No, I think it, it is the most important question. And, and from even when we filed our lawsuit in federal court, we were winning. We won the injunctions. We exposed the, the entire uh, censorship backdoor infrastructure. And the judge was nice to us. And I kept telling people, this guy, you know, we still have to build our movement. That's why we would do videos every day, Greg, educating people every step of the lawsuit. It was more important to educate people and raise consciousness yeah. than to think this judge is going to do something. They're all corrupt. How do you become a federal judge? Your mom yeah. or your pop or your friends paid off somebody else to get you that judgeship. Let's be all very clear. All of these people in power are responsible for that curve going down, every single one of them. So, and, and, and the other piece, Greg, that people need to understand, the American working class is the most powerful working class on the planet because of the fact they have the first and the second amendments, okay? No other working class on the planet has this. So if you're the elites and you had, and you accidentally, gave these people these very powerful rights in 1776 because you needed them to fight um, the feudalism of the time. You're like, shit. It's like you gave someone a weapon and you didn't want to give it to them. So you're going to try to make that person drunk or stupid or fat because you never want them to use their, their weapons that they have. Yeah. So there's been a deliberate effort to dumb down the American working class. You know, yeah. Hollywood serves that reason. All of these fake idiots like Trump and all these people, Kennedys, they are created so we outsource our future to them. And this well, it's is like you said before that there's different energy levels in the human being, and they're they're deliberately doing things to in society to try to keep everyone in that animal uh, level that you were talking right. about. Right. And once they see the key thing is Greg, if they see a bottoms up leader like myself coming up, they this is the most dangerous for them. So that they don't even want to start a controversy with me because that's gonna give me visibility. So yeah. the goal is to make you invisible. And then if they see that movement growing, they'll try to mimic it. So Kennedy is gonna now run as an independent, all yeah. right? And he's gonna bring in that other satanic spawn of Satan, Tulsi Gabbard, because that's what she is. She is the military industrial complex. She runs a PSYOP unit in the army, okay? She puts and me in a spell when she talks. Uh, well, I don't, yeah, that's how I know I don't trust her because she starts talking, I'm like, yeah, there's something about the way she talks 
that is like a robot, a human being with no emotions. Yeah. And every word she announces like this, then you know, it's like something no one with talks a gentle, like soft sort of uh, AI robot type. It, she's thing. an AI robot. I mean, the time the time that I met her, there's like nothing there. There's it's, that's a soulless human being. Yeah. There's no soul there. Yeah. It's um, so they have to mimic us because they're always trying to mimic the masses, the, the working people bottoms up in order to manipulate us back. That's what they're doing, right? Yeah. So it's like the, the one sheep which misleads you all the other sheep back into its slaughter. So that's what they're consciously doing over and over again, Greg. But because we're educating people on this, teaching people to self-reflect, that's the hope out of this, Greg. People have, this has to be an internalization process. It can't just be me saying Kennedy's a, a No, I weird. agree. It's yeah. a spiritual uh, thing that we have to, we have to get over like trusting strangers on TV for one thing and this whole like looking for an external hero. We have to remember who we are. And I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, you're a, a, a spiritual leader. You know, you're uh, the talk, uh, the in, being enlightened enough to pull these people off the stage. That's exactly what we need. And how do we get there is... What you're doing right now with your movement, I'm I'm excited to share this stuff. Um, and basically, what you're saying is, it's not even necessarily about you winning an election that can't be won. It's about the enlightenment of the people. Of the and and like you already said, you're already forcing the swarm to adapt and uh, and try to accommodate for what you're doing. So, very yeah, good. So yeah. that, that's what's interesting, right? So, but what's interesting, Greg? If uh, by the way, I encourage everyone. 11 a.m. tomorrow. Um, and at 8 p.m. tomorrow, it's a long day. You know, we do open houses. People get to meet other people from all over the world and people share how they've come to our movement. And what you'll find is many people in the last six months have become much more self-reflective, the quality of people. There is a woman, you know, we live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right? Which is a center of craziness, right? The people who yeah. were the belly of the beast is. We have a bus out there in our parking lot, which used to have a big banner, only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. Picture of me and Elizabeth Warren. And all these white liberal in Cambridge would get so upset. They would call me a racist. Okay, take that, right? <laughs> so what's fascinating is last couple of open houses ago, a woman comes out, she goes, I hated you for putting that picture up as Elizabeth Warren. I voted for her. I love Bernie Sanders. And I can't believe I'm here, but everything you say is absolutely true. I found you very annoying, but I have to accept your truth. Now, that's very fascinating, right? Yeah. She's overcome what yeah. she perceives as annoying, but is coming to this understanding that she was absolutely wrong because everything we predicted is coming to light. You see? Yep. It took her three years, but it's okay. So we have people like that from the left to right, people who are following Kennedy, right? Gave him a lot of money, realized he's a complete douchebag. He supports Zionist Israel, right? He supports yeah. the butchering of the Palestinians. He will kowtow down uh, the Adelsons, right? So you have people coming that way. And one of those people, Greg, to me, that's a victory. And we have 10, 20,000 of those people globally. I'm telling you, it's over, man. Because enough people who get this, you don't need everyone. You just no. need enough people. Yeah. So that's why I'm very, very excited. And to support all this, we've created the knowledge base. We have the theory that we teach people we have a community we have technology and all of that is independent of all this ultimately the future is offline there's no way to win this online they own it all you have to go offline i agree yeah we have to start creating our own world we just have to start taking control 
uh, and understanding who we are. Yeah, and, and but that control has to be done with conscious understanding of, of these systems principles. Yeah. And um, I don't know if, uh, do you mind if I play this one video, Greg? What's no, your not at all. Yeah, so I want to, I always like playing this video because uh, one of many years ago, I was given an interview and uh, I just sort of riffed on this, but uh, two videos I want to play is, since you asked, how do we win? This is a video John put together because we have actually volunteers now on the ground because we tell people to go offline. And I was doing an interview and one of these interviewers wasn't really getting it. She didn't understand the concept of a movement. So, so we created this video out of it. So let me play this for you. The extreme mind control that more than half of our populace is under. How are you meandering around that? That was great. I'm a video producer that gave me some chills. Yeah, it's, so it's it, a good it's sign. People to get off the ground on the ground, you know. Yeah. So everything we we made it very simple. Look, learn the knowledge, and we've you know it took me 50 years to put that curriculum together because without theory, you got to have three things to win. You have to have a very clear vision where you want to go. Truth, freedom, health. You have to have you have to do a little bit of scholarly work to understand the dynamics, right? So you get anchored, just like a plumber has to learn flow. Uh, Electrician has to learn V equals IR, right? Feminine equivalence, right? How to calculate certain things. And then you go out and you do the work. What I just showed you is the work, but that, let me play this other video, but that's backed by the actual knowledge. So let me play that. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to, and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that, and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, 
you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, help. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhelp.com. Very good get people to do is we tell them to go to Shiva for present, get one of these bumper stickers. The reason is um, it's, it's, it's a big commitment in my view to take a sticker and put it on the back of your car. Cause it shows a, you become politicized, but B you're taking a stand, but more importantly, on a practical level, a hundred thousand people per day, see those uh, stickers. It's better than social media. And we want people to go and the more of the people who are more conscious, 
they can download one of those flyers and they can literally go out and hand them out. You're putting yourself out there. And that kind of activism did exist in the 1900s in this country. It's what really helped working people get anything that they have. But they yeah. want people to be on social media behind this sort of false wall and tweet all day. But it's a very different thing when you have to go literally on the ground, stand vulnerably in front of a grocery store and engage people, look at them in the eye and see if they'll take one of your flyers. It's a very different experience. But you meet a lot of people. You have to engage with people uh, in this in a much more real world. So anyway, that's what we want people to do, Greg. So I hope that was valuable. Oh, I think it's very valuable. I really appreciate it. And I thank you for taking the time and talking to me. I mean, basically what I'm what I'm learning, which I didn't really know before, is you're not you're not just another guy out there saying vote for me. You're trying to actually educate people as to what the real problem is, uh, raise people's consciousness, uh, show people how we can actually regain some freedom and some health and some truth in this world, which is great. So I really yeah, so tomorrow we're going to educate. So what we do is, Greg, we've taken all the major issues, healthcare. Well, what do we do in our healthcare talk? We do once every six weeks. We have a rotating town hall. We actually teach people with the immune systems. We teach people what are the right nutrients that support their immune system. Now, what other presidential candidates doing that? So we're educating people. So if I win, what am I going to do anything different? The presidency's corrupt. I'll still do videos like this with you, Greg, but we'll yeah. reach 8 billion people. You see, same, there's nothing is going to change with me. I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing, educating people. You just have a bigger bully pulpit, right? When it comes to the environment, we teach people how to support local farmers, how you can eat on a budget, what is healthy food. When it comes to education, the number one education our kids need to learn is how to think, how to yeah. think, not what to think. And how to think is system science. Um, in, in, in the governance thing, we talk about what is a real leader? What are the qualities of leadership, right? When it comes to innovation, there's a book I wrote called The Seven Secrets of Innovation. We teach people that. How do you start a business? Um, and then when it comes to economy, we teach people what is a profit and loss statement? What is a balance sheet? What is cash flow? Basic things everyone should learn to survive. And the government ain't going to teach you any of this. They want you to become fat, dumb, and happy. So regardless of what happens on November 2024, we're already winning because we're educating all these people to be independent of waiting for the government to do anything. Now, winning, if I win, that would be like a revolution took place, Greg because it would be revolutionary, right? Yeah. And at that point, we have the force of all of this movement to go do things very, very rapidly that should be should have been done eons ago, right? Yeah. The, uh, and the, the solutions are everywhere. That's the thing too. It's like, there's solutions for every problem that we have. It's Everything. Just the, uh, it's just the swarm that's getting in the way. That's it. Right, you nailed it. And the issue is the amount of time, There's so you have this bounty of solutions that are just awaiting to be deployed, but the if you take a timeline of how long it's going to take to deploy these solutions and you look at the curve of suffering underneath that curve is the sum total of human suffering so if you truly care about people and you love humanity the goal is you want to reduce that timeline you want to get as many of these solutions out in a much smaller time frame they don't care about that right no. the only person that cares about it is us <laughs> yeah because these are our people right yeah and it is us versus them don't yeah, let anyone talk about unity and fake healing the divide, all that nonsense. No, we do want to divide these people from us. We want to have nothing to do with them. We don't want to be unified with them. So whenever people talk about unity, that is a dog whistle to hide all their crimes under the rug. Same time when people talk about, I'm going to help you be safe, safe vaccines. Freaking Kennedy, that 
the word safety is a harbinger of fascism. That means yeah. more government's going to be involved. So they're going to help protect you. Government ain't going to protect you at all. They're about enslaving you. Yeah. Yep. And that's what they're doing right now. And they're running out of time. And um, and that's great. Thank you. You've got you 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 actually gave me a little bit of optimism today. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, but I think it was a question because when I titled this in our, I said, "How do you function as president in the swarm of corruption?" And your question helps answer that, uh, Greg. The way you survive is you have to build a movement, and it's the consciousness of people from below. One person among in the presidency is never going to survive. So the idea as a president, as a leader, is you keep mobilizing. You have great respect for people from below. All you're doing is educating, educating, so people from below rise up. Yeah. So it may sound like a contradiction. You get to the top to support people from below, but that's what it is. Well, that's the way it has to be, you right? Know, because uh, otherwise, the the problem is, is we've been put to sleep and we totally forgot about we the people. We forgot all about that, and that's the only thing we need to do is remember that. Someone just wrote, "I'm meeting Greg Reese in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks at Flattoberfest." <laughs> Flattoberfest. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. I don't necessarily believe in the flat Earth model, but I don't believe in the heliocentric model either. So. My whole thing is curvature, but that's a whole other. Well, well, here's the thing. You know, as president, I would make sure that we send an independent team to actually map out the Earth's surface. Yeah, you have. I've heard you say that. Yeah, you have to. Antarctica would be a great place to start. You have to. You have to actually map out the origin of human life. Really do anthropology and archaeology and interconnect because no one because all of this knowledge is being controlled by. Open up the Smithsonian. There's like what thousands of mummies and. Eight foot tall all, giants. All of it. All of this all should of it, become yeah. public property, and everything should be accessible to all people to do research. Everything should be um, all of. I, I mean, we can go into a whole thing of what I would do, but most of this is about truly doing this. But when you have a force of a movement, that's what you can do overnight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, all right Dr. Thank Shiva. Thanks for the Thank opportunity. You. Be well. Best to you yeah, and your you family too. and everyone. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Same. Yeah, same with you. you. Appreciate Bye -bye. it.